Welcome to Storytelling with Lindsay Bednar. How are you? It's good I'm to see you. Well. Good to see you too. My uh, Melissa was giving me such a hard time, and deservedly so, because I I'm like a child with schedules. I'm the worst. So I'm I'm glad we finally. I, I asked her to help me. Like, okay, let's find a time. Yeah. Um, because my videographer, who I work with every week, our change or our schedule changes every single week because he does other freelance stuff too. So, um, oh, but anyway, today is like perfect. It's raining out. It's just a glorious podcast day. Yeah, it is. I know. And I actually switched to the living room because in my office, it the gutter must come like right next to my window and all I could hear is like the peltering of rain. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's going to affect the recording. So I better move out here. A bit or better. Yeah. I'm standing for a change, which is kind of fun. Oh, wow. Well, I, I just felt I was going to sink into my couch and I thought this is kind yeah. of like, like me right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh. I, uh, yeah, I'm so... I'm so grateful that you uh, carved out time for this because I know it's you have a busy schedule and it's it's a lot just trying to align things. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank, no, thank you for the invite. I think it's awesome what you're doing. I I was yeah. trying to learn exactly what what you do, and I feel like I kind of know, but I also don't. But yeah. you own your own company that does publishing and seemingly mm-hmm. a bunch of other things. And yeah. So I was a high school English teacher for like 12 years, started this company on the side, was doing both for a while, and then um, the pandemic hit. And so probably much like your story, switched, right? And so, yeah, so that's when I transferred uh, careers and just kind of jumped into this full time. And I want to hear all about um, your journey in that way too. And so usually with, with this podcast, it is essentially storytelling. I mean, it's a conversation, uh, to hear all about how you got to where you are. Um, and I am so excited because I, I've been fascinated by birth order for as long as I can remember. I am the baby of the family. I'm the youngest of three girls. So we are all quintessential birth order characteristics, like oldest, middle, youngest. Um, and I came across your Instagram account. It was, must've been a couple of years ago. And I just, I fell in love with your content and I shared one of your reels and then somebody responded to it and said, Oh, he's my neighbor. And I was like, Oh, not only does he live in Minnesota, we don't live that far away from each other. And then come to find out our, our daughters dance at the same studio. And then yeah. I got to hang out with your lovely wife in Florida. And so. Yeah, it's always crazy how the law of attraction works. And when you put your focus or energy on certain things, it starts to come into your field more. So needless to say, I'm so excited to connect with you today. Yeah. Um, And I want to know all about how you got into becoming a content creator, why birth order, all of that. So take us as far back as you see that story starting. Well, I accidentally, I didn't set out to to do what I'm doing now. (laughs) But it's a dream job that I never knew existed. Like, you know, so I grew up, I was a middle child, still am, older sister, younger brother. And around the house, I was the one, maybe a lot like one of your sisters, if it wasn't you, 
who was like taking the camcorder out of my parents' hands so that I could go do my own thing and make my own silly videos. And um, so that was me growing up. That went into high school. Me and my buddies would make videos, college and everything. And I got a very normal Sony Handycam, like the. Oh, yeah. It had the um, it had the Velcro thing right here. So you could just. Yeah, we brought it to Disney World, and then there's a lot of me and my shenanigans, I think, in our old home videos. Um, but, yeah, I fell into it in 2020 because we were all bored. Everybody was bored. We were all looking for something else to do. <laughs> so uh, it happened to be TikTok where I started, you know, I was afraid I was afraid to get on TikTok because I figured there would be a lot of teenagers who hate me and all of us older people and um, realized that there's a lot of everybody on TikTok and every, there's just a lot of creativity is what I loved. It wasn't just dancing videos, which that's what I thought. And right. the more that I kind of perused through videos, the more that I was attracted to the comedic videos. And I said, I want, I want in. This is like, this is what I've always wanted. I just want a little hobby here. I want a creative outlet. And at the time, I was working at Eagle Brook Church here in Minnesota. I worked there for a total of about 14 years, and I was always in a creative role. So at that time, we were all working from home, but I led a creative team. I didn't actually get to do anything creative because everybody else was so much better at videoing and graphic designing and writing. So I didn't get to do that stuff, but I managed the team that did, and which was a ton of fun. So TikTok became my creative outlet and I started putting up funny parenting videos and um, a following kind of slowly grew. Um, and uh, was this predominantly on TikTok when you started? Yeah, it was. I, I had, it was so funny. I, I, I just thought I was hilarious and I was putting stuff on TikTok and then I would share it on Instagram and all of my friends Cause you know, you post something on TikTok and it goes to people you don't know. Right. I put it on Instagram. Like, Hey friends, check this out. Nobody liked it. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Stop. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, TikTok kind of became like my little side passion. I was just, I had so much fun with it and I stumbled upon, <laughs> I stumbled upon birth order because Melissa and I were noticing at home, even though we had four kids, our youngest was only one, but our three oldest were eight, six, and four. And for a couple of years, we had been noticing the differences of their personalities. Mm. Teddy, our oldest, was and still is analytical, a little bit OCD, like things need to be in the right place. You have to do things in the right order. Um, That was him. And then Ten- Tenley came along two years later, and she has always been just <laughs> wild and free and doesn't – just the opposite of her older brother. Like, she is just a Rose roller coaster. Drum. Yeah, exactly. Or just a roller coaster and a ton of fun. Uh, <laughs> and then our youngest of the first three, uh, she became – within a year, she became so demanding – and I wasn't sure if that was just the way she was wired or if we had enabled that. Whatever the case, she she became the boss very quickly in the house. And I had realized that, okay, we have 
what seems to be the epitome of birth order right here. We have a kind of a logical firstborn. We have a, a middle child who doesn't play by the rules and it's just life is a game. And then we have a youngest who is passionate has a ton of conviction. She knows what she wants and she's going to get it. <laughs> that's what I loved about her. And I'm guessing maybe that's kind of like how you've lived your life too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That, you know, um, when you talk about the, so the middle and you're the middle as well. Um, and, and so often it's, you know, the, the kind of the goofy middle kid. Well, my sister wasn't like necessarily the goofy one. She definitely did things differently than the first, like different, differently. Like she wanted to um, carve her own path, right? Um, so I, I had to pull this out. I don't know if you're familiar with the birth order book. A, a little, I have not read it, but okay. go on. Okay. Well, I, I want to know if this uh, rings true for your experience, because of course, like, as you just described them, I feel like it's pretty spot on. But um, okay, so firstborns, reliable and conscientious, they tend to be list makers, black and white thinkers. They have a keen sense of right and wrong and believe there is a right way to do things. Natural leaders and achievement oriented. I mean, whenever you put a video out and your firstborn, whatever your firstborn is doing, it's like, they're always following the rules. They're out like the, the golden child. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's so, um, it's so spot on. Like there's just not a lot of parenting you need to do with the firstborn, even though we probably overparented in initially. So maybe that's why. And I always wonder if it's, if it's because of the overparenting initially, or if that's just the innate characteristics, I don't know. Do you guys have a, an opinion one way or the other? Like, yeah. are we creating this? Or <laughs> all I have is opinions. I because yeah. I, I am I have done zero research, <laughs> uh, and I I refuse to. There, I think I don't know if that's the book, or I know there was a there's a really famous birth order theory book that was put out maybe in the seventies or eighties. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm sure there's newer stuff too. Um, I haven't really wanted to dive into the science. I'm, I'm less interested. I'm just more interested in like what I see. So my right. research, my research happens on Instagram and on TikTok, and I, I hear a lot of stories about other families, which is so fun to hear. Um, and it seems like it's universal for the most part, and it's pretty global as well. There was a time a mom had reached out. She lived in the Caribbean, and she had three boys. And she was relating to the videos that I was making and I was relating to her family. Mm. And I was like, this is crazy. We have lived opposite lives. We're on different, par different parts of the world, yet we seem to be experiencing these similar things. I don't right. know. I, I, yeah, me and Melissa talk about this a little bit. Uh, I don't know how it happens, but I do, I do think that kind of what you said, when our kids are little, so starting with when you had your first kid, when we had our first kid, we were reading all the books. We wanted to do everything perfectly. Um, Teddy was on a schedule, sleeping, feeding. I mean, we played it. We played it by the book, book, because as new parents, like we didn't want to get it wrong, right? So, and we had the time to devote all of those that extra attention to details. Yeah, we had the energy to care. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, your second kid comes along and it's a little bit divide and conquer. You've done, mm-hmm. you're kind of relying a little bit more, more on what you had learned a couple of years before that. Right. And you're just like, ah, okay. I've been through this once. It's okay. If you know, I, it, and I don't know, our, our second born came out so differently. She was actually a much better sleeper. She yeah. um, was less feisty, but yeah. And then your third comes along and you've, you've given up on some of the rules you've laid back as a parent. And I think uh, as that child rose into being a toddler and pre-K, they can feed in, they can feed on that. So our weaknesses as parents we we lack a little bit of energy. We get we give up a little bit, or we kind of lay back a little bit with the rules, and the kids just pounce on that, and they're like, "All right, they they can feel the control within reach, and they they get it." You know, that's my theory. Yeah, I, no, I I think that's pretty accurate, and and yeah, I mean, every description of what uh, is in this book is basically just like what you're saying and what you found and how when you connect with people, those uh, quintessential characteristics are. Um, And yeah, as the baby, I always would make fun of my parents, like, where are all the pictures of me? Or where's the baby books? Um, You know, because they get tossed aside. It was like, you have your first and you're going to do the photo shoot. And this day and age, it's like, here's my one month picture and the two month. And then life gets busier. And pretty soon you have your third and you're like, I think I have a picture of you at this thing. And, you know, we, we're, we, we try our best, but now I get it. Just even having two, uh, it's different than when you ha- only have one to focus on. So I, I've eased up on my, my parents a bit for that. Yeah. You know, our, our fourth child, who is a second youngest, first youngest, she's the queen. She, she runs things. Our fourth child is the second youngest. She's the princess. So she's related to the queen, doesn't have as much power, but some probably will. Mm-hmm. And we had to, we had to like buy a birth certificate for her recently for preschool. That's how like, that's how lost we are now. We're like, I don't even, she doesn't have a baby book. There's no, we don't know how much, she, how much did she weigh? It was like, I don't know. It was around, it was around 10 pounds. She was a big baby. <laughs> Our first point, I could tell you the time. I can tell you that everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and it we you know we make fun of ourselves as parents and you create such like uh adaptable kids that way too. I mean, um I think both of my sisters would say I I can go with flow pretty easily because as a kid I was dragged to this thing and that thing and there wasn't really an option and I see that with my own kids too. <clears throat> if I tell my eldest, my daughter that we're going to be doing something, she wants to know what the schedule is, where we're going to be going. And if we deviate from that schedule, like there's, it's going to be an issue. And then I'll pick up my son and throw him in the car. And he's like, where are we going? Okay, cool. And he's just, he's just along for the ride. Awesome. Yeah. Our, our, um, I have trouble making decisions as a, I, I, I bring it all back to being a middle child because everything sounds good to me usually. (laughs) So I just like, kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to commit because who knows, like I, there might be some, so I've found that our second born is the same way. She has the hardest time deciding on things, even like what to eat because everything sounds good to her. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think what I love the most, though, about the differences in personalities, I, I do think youngest children and maybe even only children uh, are like the butt of jokes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I positive. I love uh, I love how uh, a youngest tends to have um, conviction and like they know they know what they want, you know, and they're willing to go get it. I, I hear all the time how somebody's an entrepreneur, similar to what you're doing now. And it, hmm. it turns out that they're a youngest and they just, they had, they had a vision and they went after it where, um, a firstborn for whatever reason, not to say they wouldn't do that. Cause obviously there are plenty of firstborns who have started their own businesses or chased their own dreams. Right. Um, but a lot of the time they might end up more in a safer career or, they're they're probably teachers. I mean, honestly, that's mm-hmm. probably you were surrounded by firstborns when you were. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. A hundred percent. So I don't know. I, I love I love seeing all the strengths and the positives of birth yeah, order. There, there's something to be said about the risk taking of the the youngest, where um, a lot of the firstborns are very successful, and they'll go maybe down a more traditional path at least to start. And that was my. Uh, oldest sister. She was a lawyer for 18 years. Fantastic lawyer. She ended up now switching careers and becoming an entrepreneur. But yeah, I've seen a lot of that. That firstborn goes after the doctorate or the, you know, the steady career, the teacher, some, something noble that's traditional where parents can say like, yeah, good. My kid's a teacher. My kid's a doctor, you know? Yeah. And I think we, maybe, maybe we, uh, again, going back to parenting, I remember when our oldest was in second grade, we were we weren't doing it for him, okay? His homework. But we were hovering to make sure things were and he didn't need it. He was responsible, but we were hovering as parents. Mm-hmm. This morning, our third born was doing her homework five minutes before going out to the bus stop. And I, I and I wasn't even worried about it. I was like, You're um, it'll be fine. You could, you could, you can just turn it tomorrow if you want. It doesn't, it's whatever, you know. Uh, but no, she was at, she was getting it done on her own. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's just, it's so interesting to see the differences. Yeah. What is Melissa in her birth order? So she's, she's a middle child. However, your- we're both middles, which means our bedroom is a disaster. Uh, our kitchen is not perfect and, um, we're cool with, we're cool with like princess castles and just stuff in our living room, our nice living room. It's full of, full of plastic right now. (laughs) Um, but back to birth order theory, what I've learned is that if there's a, if there's an age gap between you and your siblings, yes, uh, I want to say four or more years. birth order sort of resets yep the theory of birth order so that's her her case her older brother's way older her younger brother's way younger so in some ways she's an only child (laughs) yeah and she's is she the only female yeah and i think gender plays a lot into that too yeah sure because um when you're the only of that gender or the firstborn of that gender you can take on just from what uh i've seen, read, whatever. And in my experience, you start to take on some of those firstborn characteristics too. you know, then it's kind of a blend. So yeah. that, 
that, you have that going for you. I, I would imagine that she um, is more of the structured one now that no. I've connected with her. <laughs> You're right. She is. She was a straight A student. Okay. She, um, so definitely in that way. And when it comes to our marriage, she, she becomes the one who like helps me get to places on time because left on my own, it's just not happening. <laughs> I'm the worst. Uh, so she was great in that way. Yeah. She's, she's really great. And then, and then, um, I think only children and she's not, she's not like a bullseye only child t- prototype, but I think only children, they, they adopt a lot of the firstborn and the youngest. So the responsibility of the firstborn and then um, they've been the baby of the family forever. So they also, sure they don't, they don't mind if people are willing to help them out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good blend. Um, and we have, you know, we have one of each. So I definitely see uh, in our son, he's so much the youngest in that he, um, he's not afraid of attention. That's for sure. Um, he seeks it when he can. That's uh, my guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little comedian. Uh, he loves to be around people, very social. Um, but he does have a lot of those firstborn, like his teachers have said, he's, um, can be a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to his work, he takes his time and pretty competitive. So we're seeing a little bit of each. And that's what I think is interesting. And I don't have any answers here. Maybe, maybe you have some opinions, but, uh, the motivation of each kid. I think all kids can be responsible. It's not Mm -hmm. just the firstborns. And I think the motivation is what really intrigues me. My kind of what I wonder is if a firstborn is more motivated by um, the, the feeling that they need to perform well, or they, they have to reach a certain level of success because that's what's always been expected of them. Mm-hmm. You know, firstborn mm-hmm. comes home from kindergarten. Did you, did, were you nice? Were you kind? Did you do whatever? Did you, you know, uh, a middle child, I think is more tends to be, I could be wrong. tends to be more motivated by the experience. Mm. What, what are they going to feel out of it? And then the youngest, which might be your, your son, there's like this drive. It's a competitive thing. Like I want to be the best for whatever reason that Mm -hmm. I think that could be a big motivator as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, both he and I would be like, we're words of affirmation people. So, um, like any kind of, uh, outside, what would you call it? Just, um, you know, if he can get, if he can get noticed in school for doing something positive for whether it's academic or sports or whatever, like that's going to motivate him as opposed to just, that's the expectation. You know, he wants, he wants a little limelight for what he's doing. (laughs) Yes. Put my name on the trophy. Yeah. Hold it up. (laughs) Success. Yeah. And I think you know, honestly, that has to have something to do with the ones that came before us. Because I know in, in my family, like both of my older sisters were really good in school, um, great at sports. And, and so when I started to, you know, 
get into middle school, high school, I remember hearing a few times, like one teacher asked me why I wasn't taking his honors econ class. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not really into econ. <laughs> and then I had somebody else ask me like, why aren't you uh, a runner like your sisters? Or why didn't you do this race with them or whatever? So it was a lot of that over the years, like, oh, they're doing this. How come you're not? So then it's almost like this rebellious uh, thing where I'm going to do something differently than they did because they've already, they, they've got it down in this, in this particular arena. So I want to, I want to carve my path someplace else. Yeah. You were, you wanted to be independent. You're, you're your own human being. You want to be known for your own thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I see that again, I, uh, our third born, our youngest is, uh, our first of two youngest. She, she'll probably own her own company or she'll be president or she'll be behind bars because she <laughs> crossed a line. I don't know. <laughs> she'll be her own, yeah. She's her own person. I'll tell you that. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask too, just like some quick, uh, w- most likely questions. So I- I'm going to ask some questions. I want you to tell me if it would be oldest, middle, youngest. Okay. Who's the most likely to finish eating first? Ooh, uh, definitely the middle because they want to move on to go play with friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most likely to have a messy room. Uh, also middle because the firstborn cleans their room. Mom cleans the youngest's room and the middle's a disaster. That's so accurate. <laughs> Guilty. Um, who's most likely to cheer another person up? Oh, good question. I, I would say, I think the, I think, a a, a firstborn's going to do it because they care and they're there to help. Mm-hmm. I think a middle child can't stand the thought of seeing somebody sad either. So mm-hmm. I think both of them. I think okay. the youngest might just say, hey, get over it. Fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What's my next one? Uh, who's most likely to do their chores first? And again, I know the answer. Oh, yeah. First form. Absolutely, first form. Um, prank someone. Who's most likely to prank someone? Ooh, I'm gonna go with middle. I my favorite TV show of all time is Impractical Jokers. Oh yeah, because it's the only thing on TV that ever got me like laughing super, super, super loud. Just. It just delights me as a middle child to see <laughs> what would make, see, a firstborn would be very uncomfortable. Like, oh, I don't know, do that in public? Like, not in public. Don't do that. Yeah. Like, youngest would be like, ah, they should have took it a little step further. They should have just took it a step You all know I love stories. I also love adventure, nature, photography, and travel. Lake and Company magazine encompasses all of that. It is a socially conscious magazine carefully curated with a give back message that supports adventure, innovation, conservation, and community built around lake culture. 
you guys. Lakin Company magazines are gorgeous. The photography in these issues showcases unique places and events nationwide that make me want to pack my bags and head out for adventure. Not only that, they include powerful stories from people like you here on this podcast. Everyday people who do something extraordinary to make the world a little brighter. Bonus, Lake and Company magazine was created in my beloved hometown, Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Head to thelakeandcompany.com and grab your subscription. That's thelakeandcompany.com. So we were looking for um, Punked the other day. I was looking on YouTube. Most of them are just clips, but I wanted to show our kids uh, some episodes of Punked. Because I feel like they're at the age now where they would get it and they'd think it would be super funny, especially the Justin Timberlake one I was looking for. Um, but great throwback, punked. Oh, I'm so, so good. good. But I, I don't know that you can. Um, I think you have to buy a subscription somewhere. I don't know. Couldn't find it on my regular one. Yeah, but punked, yeah. punked, punked was ahead of its time. I, I just loved. I remember. Um, I remember Nick Lachey getting. Getting punked as well, which was yeah. so good when he was dating Jessica Simpson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If there's ever if there if there's ever a question, I mean, I, I would assume as a teacher, like you've seen these things too. You you would see the family with two or three kids roll through your classroom over the years. Uh huh. If there's ever a a prankster in your class, you know, it's not the oldest in the family. Right. Maybe one one out of ten times that'll be the jokester, but nine out of ten times not 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 the case. Yeah, it's probably going to be the middle. Um, and okay, <sighs> hang on, I got which which oh. which. Let me ask you this: which yeah. when our kids all turn sixteen, which kid will be most likely to bring mom or dad's car back home? after going to a football game at the high school and there's like a dent in the side of the car. Wow. <laughs> and I only have two. Um, so I don't have the middle dynamic. Uh, so I would say for sure my youngest, but I always joke that if my kids were to be at a party in high school, um, our daughter would be one of the first ones to call the cops and our son would be on the roof trying to rouse people up and stick louder. <laughs> Hopefully that, that doesn't happen, but that yeah. that kind of sums up their their dynamic a bit, you know. But if it does happen, yeah. you won't be surprised. No. <laughs> no. I'm I'm prepared. So who would who would be the one to dent the car up? Would it be the how about, how about your your siblings back mm. when you guys were teenagers? Are, okay. Yeah. Without hesitation. In fact, uh, I'm going to throw my sister under the bus. She's going to love me for this. But um, right before I turned 16, uh, I got a like this used Ford Escort hatchback. I was so excited about it. Cherry red. Um, and my sister used it. I don't know what was going on with her car. That might have been getting worked on for another situation. I'm not sure. But she um, dented it, got in some sort of accident with it. So... On the day of my 16th birthday, I didn't have my car to drive. Oh, I ended man. up driving my my parents' suburban, which was of course, I've, <laughs> which is a very youngest thing to be allowed to do. Here so we go, princess. Here are the keys to my suburban. Yeah. 
I'm sure my mom was just like without a car that day. I don't even know. (laughs) Anything for you. Anything for you though, right? (laughs) That is so, that is a good birth order story. Now that I reflect. Uh Yeah, I think, I think that uh, a lot of the times the youngest child in the family, when he or she turns 16, they get a, a new car and it's the same day that the oldest finally gets their own car too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, a couple more. Um, who's the most likely to complete a dare? Ooh. <laughs> well, an oldest child would always pick truth. So not them. <laughs> I'm going to say youngest. I think youngest has no fear. What yeah. we, What do you want me to do? Easy. I got this. Especially if there's like a crowd watching. I think they'd step up to the plate, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. So I want you to talk a bit about, you've gotten into, uh, I think the kids call it a content creator. Um, you know? Let's call it. You're right. That's what the kids call it. People yeah. say, or, sir, are you an influencer? Influencer. No, I am yeah. not an influencer. I do not influence anybody to do anything. I just create content. I'm a content creator. Yeah. yeah also, I was you're that- a comedian. I wouldn't call myself a comedian. Not really. Those, those people are legit. I'm just a content creator. <laughs> so I got it right. I was like, yeah, influencer, that just seems, um, that seems something that, uh, I don't know. A word that may be going by the wayside. And really, that's what you do. You create content and you create it for people to enjoy. So how, how did it go from, you know, you obviously had a career before that and how, I think so many people are curious how you start to turn that into a career because all of us, I believe, are just searching for doing something every day that that lights us up and uh, we look forward to to, you know, going to work, so to speak. And so how did that landscape look for you? That's a good question because it did light me up. But just as a hobby, I never even thought you could make any money doing it. I didn't see how that was possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved my job. So I didn't have any aspirations to turn it into a career until uh, there was a certain point after having. Uh, a fair amount of success with videos reaching more people and my TikTok account growing and Instagram account growing that I started to meet other content creators, influencers, just people who have been kind of doing that for a little while in learning how you can monetize. So I spent some time just learning like, oh, okay, this would be a great little kind of a side gig. And uh, what I ended up learning is that there was a shift taking place and there still is of where companies are putting a lot of their marketing dollars into where there might be a lot of eyeballs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, that was always TV and it still is TV and billboards and like all those things. But I started to learn what a sponsored video would look like or how partnering with the, with the brand that fits who you are, um, how you can, um, not just create an advertisement and make money from it, but actually create a good partnership and um, leverage who you are in the video. For me, the videos that I make and we from time to time weave it in with 
companies where our values are the same or our audience is the same. Um, so I dove into it, uh, kind of head first, not knowing what I was doing. And it's become my career. There, there was about a one year period where I was learning all of this and starting to get some partnerships. A lot of that was uh, emails that I was getting from companies or agencies representing brands. Uh, and then eventually I ended up hiring an agent to help me with that. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. Sure. Uh, and these, and they were, did it start by them contacting you? The agent? Uh, the, the, um, companies? companies. Yes. That wanted to run advertisements through you. Yeah. 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 I okay. think the, the first, the first, the first company that reached out was an agency representing the ABC network and they wanted to pr promote a new TV show at the time. It was called Ho home economics. It might still on, be on TV too. Yeah. Um, but it was about three siblings who had grown up in different economic situations now that they're adults. And so I was, we ended up striking up a deal where I was hired to promote the show, leveraging my oldest, middle, youngest humor. And that was the first time I was like, oh, wow, that really worked. And I was proud of what I created. It was still true to who I was, but it, it pointed towards, uh, in this case, a TV show. And I saw like, oh, this is great. If I could do this from time to time, right? Um, it would be great. So yeah, that was, and even to this day, I would say a lot of the partnerships that I get, they might reach out to me first. I do work with an agent now. He pitches me to different brands that could be a good fit, but he kind of takes care of all the business side for me. And um, he knows me inside and out, so he can represent me. He knows, you know, uh, what I value and what would be a real good fit. Um, and yeah, I think there was a year that I was doing some, some advertisements and also still working my full-time job. And about a year after kind of figuring all that out, it got to a point that I was able to, I was able to, and I sort of had to make a decision. Uh, can I keep doing both? Because I was right. being, I was being pulled more and more, both my passion and my time into creating my own videos and doing my own thing. And then my full-time job. So I ended up now it's been a, a good year and a half, but, um, so yeah, I'm super grateful that now I'm able to have partnerships with brands that allows me to create videos and it's what I get to do for my right. job. And I'm especially when they're they're uh partnerships of things you might be utilizing already or things you'd you'd like to share about just because yeah, you're a user or um I think that's gotta be so cool too. Because there's there's several things I've seen in your account like Oh, that seems, that's very organic. Like that's a, that's a, just a right fit. And I'm sure that was something, I don't know if it was, you reached out to them, but either way that, um, it, you can tell it aligns with, uh, you know, what you do and probably who you are. Yeah. Every time, uh, every time. So I'm not a salesman. I don't like, you know, there are the influencers who might, and good for them. They're good at it. They can they can hop onto Instagram and talk all about the products that they use and they're great at it. And I'm like, I bought something literally yesterday off Amazon because I saw a TikTok video. I was like, yeah, I need that. That's, that makes so much sense. And uh, I can't do that. But what I can do is, 
incorporate products pretty easily into my videos. And it's stuff that I, whether it's headphones or um, groceries or whatever, it's stuff that like makes sense. And it's, yeah, it's relatable to families too, because it, I, you know, it's, it's fun to tie that stuff in. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people are curious as to what kind of, <clears throat> what is your uh, like network need to look like before people start connecting with you? Um, like if you're going to have a, a, a partnership, uh, what are they looking for as far as numbers, things like that? I, I know I, I spoke with a, several people who I, I let them know I was connecting with you today and they were like, oh, I have several questions. Okay. Like how many, like, when do you start monetizing and like, um, yeah, what does your network look like when you get to that point? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I had no clue getting into it. It's still the wild west. Nobody, like, it's just very, it's such a new industry mm-hmm. advertising on social media that, uh, there are some standards out there that are kind of elusive, but, um, as you pitch, you know, you might pitch your rates or your, your value to a company and there's a little back and forth, like you, over time you start to learn, okay, what's really my value in terms of how a company would see it. And, um, it, yeah, it, there's different stages, you know, there are, uh, I think, I think, uh, micro influencers, macro influencers, celebrity, they're in a whole different ballpark. So there's kind of different levels for me. I, uh, in terms of numbers, oh man, I'm trying to remember when I first started, like when I got my first deal with ABC, as I was talking about, I was about two, two years ago. I think at the time I had maybe a half a million followers on TikTok. And I think it may be 50,000 or so on Instagram, something like that. Um, yeah. So it, but it's not what I've learned though. It's not just about your follower count. So it's very nuanced companies often look at your engagement rate as well. And what that means is the, the amount of people at which rate they're engaging with your video. So if I put a video up, uh, companies can do a little math, which I'm not good at because I'm not an old child. They can do some math to figure out uh, and predict how many people are going to like the video or comment on it or share it with a friend. Um, and what 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 I got lucky with is that, and what what's super fun for me is when when I put a video up. Uh, different people might comment on it and tag their brothers or sisters or their family members because, hey, this reminds me of you. And um, right. it's just a super fun thing to, for me to kind of see and get to kind of like see different family dynamics too. Um, right. Yeah. Companies look at engagement rate and uh, that that kind of determines your value too. If you have a good engagement rate, companies are probably going to be more willing to to work with you. Yeah, um, that's got to be such a cool thing to see how many people when they they tag. I mean, I can't count the amount of times how many times my sister and I have like tagged each other, like or sent it. This is you, you know. Nope, this is you in one of your videos. Um, 
And then I also wanted to know about like the reach because you're as you, like you're global. So you're interacting with people from all over the world, I imagine. Yeah, it's predominantly the U.S., but um, yeah, the reach is it, it like I've met families from Australia that watch from from different countries in Europe and uh, Japan. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's like I would say for 75, 80 percent United States. But then, yeah, it does. That's the crazy thing about social media is it. It's not limited by the border, you know, so that's it kinda... allows you to connect with people from all over, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it changes, too. I mean, every, these companies, um, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, uh, their algorithms are always they're kind of making changes and tweaks. And it uh, my success on paper which I don't, I try not to hang on to like my numbers necessarily, because that it just gets in your head and you're like, I don't want that to be the thing I'm worried about. I just want to be able to make some people giggle. That's my passion. Um, uh, it just changes so often. So like you might go on a, on a, you know, a two month run where your numbers and your reach is really solid and, uh, and then there might be a couple months where it slows down for whatever reason. And it could be because of your, you know, maybe my videos just weren't as good those months or maybe they were the, if the engagement rate was about the same as it, you know, was it's, I think people still have enjoyed it the same amount, but yeah, it, so yeah. that's kind of like uh that's, that's the challenging part about creating social, like creating content on social media for a living is. Um, as much as you want to take control of what you do, you're sort you're sort of at the mercy of where it's distributed too. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Uh, has your enjoyment of it changed at all, having taken it from a passion to uh, a business? Because I think people think about that all the time. For instance, uh, my husband Gary, who you've met, he is huge into sports cards. Like dirt, another thing that he got into during the pandemic when we were all bored um, is he started. You know, they took sports away, and he was wanting to tap into that love and nostalgia of sports. So he started just buying a few here and there, started flipping them, and now he uses it honestly like the stock market. Like he knows that stuff so much better than we know. You know, funds and and anything else. And so, um, it, he's super passionate about it. And I've asked like, well, what about, you know, he's he found cards for other people before and, and gotten the commission and things like that. I'm like, what about being like doing that? And he's like, ah. you know, first of all, I don't know if that could be a full-time job. And yeah. secondly, I don't know if my enjoyment would change. So. Yeah. That's, that's why it, uh, for me, I have not, gotten sick of it so i've been doing this for three years now um i am not tired of it i learned pretty quickly though that i wasn't going to keep up with the tiktok race and at the time the race was you got to post every day you got to post three times a day um after a few weeks of actually doing that i was like i'm not posting every day i cannot <laughs> I cared more about creating a video that I liked 
yeah. um, I hoped other people like than just trying to put something out every day because that's what the algorithm wanted. So, yeah. um, so my pace is slow, I guess, for like what I do. I only post, I shouldn't say only, I post three times a week, typically, maybe four. Um, but they're videos that I'm proud of and I've slowly. And that's considered slow for, I guess, I I don't even know. Yeah, I suppose it is because most, most people are encouraged to post like multiple times a day, something. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It depends who you talk to. But for what I do, which is sketch comedy, um, if I posted it every day, I would be done in a month because I'd be sick of it. And, but more so people would be sick of it. They'd be like, okay, that's enough. You should stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I, I try to take ideas from other people. If they send in a story about their, what their kids did the other day, I, I'm like, Oh, that'd be a great video. Let's make that video. And then, um, I've tried to kind of up the quality and I, I work with my buddy who does video Landon and, um, so that's made it really sustainable too, where I can just be creative and write and then do the the acting and then he does the filming and the editing and it's oh, uh, cool. it works it works really well. It's a lot of fun for us too. And that uh, that was a friend of yours first who Yeah. Is that what you found or he was yeah, a friend he's, he's he, 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 no he's he's uh yeah, I've known him for years, but we've been like best buddies for the last few years and he does wedding videography and he's uh he actually worked at Eagle Brook as well at the church that I was at doing video work and uh super creative guy. He lives right around right around the street. Uh, I could actually yell out my window if you want me to try to get a hold of him quick. I, he could probably hear me. Um but I I will say this though. I think what really keeps me going and that it doesn't feel like a job is that with every video that I put up, I know that I know that families see themselves in the videos. Cause really what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm kind of poking fun or shining the light on what so many families are like. And that, yeah. that's what I really love is it's not like, Oh my goodness, TJ's you're hilarious TJ. Cause that's not really true. I'm not very funny, but, but our families are funny. Our kids are funny. When we were all growing up, like our siblings, we were all like, if you look back at it, it was kind of funny to, to think about. Right. I think that's, that's what people see. And that's what I love about it. So that's kind of what's kept me going. No question. I mean, um, for all the things that I've ever done, I think what makes me the happiest is if I put something out there that resonates with people and people connect with me and we just talk about whatever it was like just building those connections and knowing that you are um doing something to make people feel seen uh heard laugh you know making them laugh like that's that's what it's all about for sure and how fun to be able to do that yeah yeah i feel like the luckiest guy ever and i mean all of us parents we just want to talk about our kids anyway so it's just fun like a fun conversation starter too like you know, I'll be sitting out on my lawn chair in the front yard and a family might pass by and I can tell immediately, not just by their height, but <laughs> I can tell like dad, dad's carrying the uh, youngest's bike because they're just over it, you know, yeah. yep. just a, a perfect conversation starter. I see our youngest are the same. 
Yeah. How far, how far are you going to carry that, Dan? You know. <laughs> but yeah, so I I agree with you. That's what's that's what's fun about it is what resonates with other people. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> and to get that uh, immediate feedback too. I think in so many other realms, you know, I, like what, with for my authors, for instance, when they put out a book, um, it's a slow, you know crawl to start getting feedback back and like testimonials, but like to put something out and get that um, kind of immediate, like hit like, okay, and, uh, yes, this is, this is resonating with people and this is making sense. Like that has to feel good too. Um, and just help the process of uh, knowing that what you're doing is, is yeah. Resonating with people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's really special. It really is special. Um, there are weeks where I'm overwhelmed by it as well. I'm, I love the creative process. What I'm overwhelmed by, uh, if I put a video out and I start, I start reading through comments. Uh, it's I'm overwhelmed by the by the stories and the positivity and the um, because sure. I, I so badly like want to just talk to somebody about like, if I made a video about how three kids eat lunch, I want to like, I want to dig into one family and hear about like, what are you, what are the gender? How old, what are they all like? Um, but I can't because it's all through my phone. And, um, so I get overwhelmed by that because I, I want to dig in and it to be like a personal thing, but I don't know where to start with it. So I, I turn my phone off and I start thinking about my next, yeah. <laughs> my next video. But um, yeah, it's a really special, I think anybody who creates anything, kind of like what you're saying, uh, you put yourself out there and you share your experiences and you relate it to other people. And we're, we're striving for that connection with other people or other families. Um that's ultimately kind of what we're looking for and what we want. And it's a really special thing when you can see that it's working. For you know? sure. So it, it's a rewarding thing. It is. And um, I know that there are people that are going to be listening who either have wanted to do this themselves or have kids who have talked about doing things or will in the future. So, yeah. what advice would you give either to uh, another adult or somebody who has a kid who's interested in, in getting into it. Into oh, and <laughs> you know what? I, I am all for kids being creative and playing with things, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think as parents, we're always like, what do they want to be when they grow up? We should try to help them figure out what they want to be, you know, but my daughter's nine. She doesn't need to be thinking about what she wants I shouldn't, ha I shouldn't be afraid of her wanting to get on YouTube uh, because she's nine. She can't get on YouTube. I'm not going to let her get on YouTube yet. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I will. Um, she, she is in my videos from time to time. So yeah, maybe I'm contradicting myself, but uh, our oldest is 11. Uh, he doesn't have a phone yet. He just got to middle school. I feel like we're going to cave at some point here, but we're trying to hold out. He's kind of like one of the last kids, which blows my mind. He's 11. But um, uh, what I do like the idea of starting to see the kids either use phones for good or 
just be creative in general. Um, I think the, there, there's such a big opportunity as our kids' generation kind of grows up here over the next 10 to 15 years. I think there's so much opportunity to, uh, to do your own thing online in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, so I like the idea of kids learning how to, you know, for me, it's, I love watching my girls make videos or just be creative in different ways because I think it, um, it helps complement everything they're learning at school. And now they're kind of like figuring out how to create their own things. Uh, so I like it, but you also have to be careful too, because kids on social media and there's a whole thing that we don't need to get into that, uh, you know, we need to like help them understand that world. If once they're, once they get on it or once they're exposed to it. Um, Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, that phase. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean, but yeah, important that we're, we're there when that happens so that we can kind of help them navigate that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I, we're such on the front end of that though. I don't think I have any advice, but I just, I, overall, I do love, um, you know, if you want to take my phone and create videos and that kind of a thing, like you're not old enough to have your own account yet. You're not putting things out into the world, but yeah, take my phone and go be creative for a little bit. And then I'm going to watch and we're going to laugh together. Like I love all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, yeah, there's boys in the neighborhood. They're always doing trick shots and all these different things. They want to be the next dude. Perfect. <laughs> um, you know, three years ago, I would have said you don't stand a chance at, Kids shouldn't aspire to be YouTube stars. That's what they all want. It's not happening. Three years mm-hmm. later, now, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody's crazy for wanting to create content. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it didn't happen until I was in my late thirties, and I didn't even try to. It like it just kind of happened. So I don't. I'm probably the wrong person to be asking, but. Um, I'm all for being creative. Yeah. And I think what's so cool about it is it, uh, it really does highlight the fact that we all have our unique, you know, attributes, whether it's, uh, being able to be silly and and have a comedic performance to somebody having a skill in some sort of athletic thing or whatever it is. Um, what I like about it is I feel like it does, you know, it's like, um, what is your God-given purpose and what is, what is that thing that makes you, you, and the more you can be you, uh, and, and utilize that in your career and, and serving others, making people laugh, like then I'm all for it. And I think, uh, content creation does really allow for that. Yeah. That's what I love about it too. And who knows, you know, um, you were a teacher for years and now you made a bold shift and I think the world is is better for that in a different way. You could have kept teaching and the world, like you'd be making an impact in a different way. But um, yeah, sometimes, you know, whether you feel called to do something or you feel led or you just have a passion that you want to chase down, I think that passion exists for a certain reason. You just need to be smart about when and how you chase it, I think. 
Um, unless you're a middle child and you just don't care and you just don't play by the rules, but, um, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, everybody can agree that, uh, you stepping into this full time was, uh, the right call because you're doing, you're doing yourself a service by just honoring such a, a fun side of you and really creating content that resonates with so many people. Um, I mean, it just, it just brings so much joy and what a, what a gift to be able to do that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Thanks so much. It, I, I feel very lucky. And, uh, when I hear about, uh, a first two firstborns who are married, and they have their second kid, and the second kid is the first non-firstborn in the family, and they think something is wrong with that <laughs> second kid. Um, they they might come across my video, and I've had some some of them reach out and say, "I, you know, thank you," because I honestly did not know what to do with my second child, but now I just realize they're just a second child, and they're different. That's great. So I can breathe. Yeah. Well, we always joke that the firstborn is um, so, you know, follows the rules and conscientious and all the things to to trick us into having more, and then and then the the real parenting starts to happen. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yep. And you let off the gas a little bit, and then everything goes haywire. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that well, might be. The case. Yeah, thank you so much. I. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you if they're not already following you. Of course, it'll be in the, the show notes, but. Yeah. Well, if you search for TJ on in, in uh, social media, you'll, you'll probably find me, but um, yeah, just thanks again for connecting. Super fun to talk to you, Lindsay. And I love everything you're, you're doing right now. I'm a big story guy myself. So I finally, <laughs> finally being on the storytelling podcast, super fun. And uh, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for everything that you're doing too. But thanks, I, I appreciate you having me on and let me chat with you a little bit. You bet, and I'm sure we'll see each other at some dance comps this year and uh, nationals again. I'm just waiting to find out where they're sending us. So I know it. You know yeah. what? Take me south, and I'm happy. My happy yeah, camper. Babe. Babe. All right. Well, good talking to you, Lindsay. Yeah, you too. Appreciate it, TJ. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Thank you.